Welcome everyone to our Nonprofit Changemakers podcast series. I'm really excited about today's topic, which is about best practices for nonprofit organizations in retaining donors and building your donor community. As you all know, meeting and engaging donors should always be a priority for your nonprofit, but it shouldn't be the top one. For one thing, donor acquisition efforts are more costly and time-consuming than donor retention efforts. Keeping the same donors yields significantly more benefits than a focus only on acquiring new ones and is more cost-effective. Having a strong focus on stewardship helps donors to develop a deeper commitment to your mission and can also bring in more donors as a result of -of word-of-mouth promotion. I am delighted to introduce Deborah Ferris, who serves as Executive Director and Senior Strategist for the UBS Family Advisory and Philanthropy Services Team. Deborah is an incredible thought partner and expert to people like our team and our clients, serving nonprofit organizations as well as grant-making organizations and families. Deborah is very well-versed in understanding the charitable landscape and has experience working with ultra-high net worth families, private foundations, and nonprofit organizations, delivering best practices in charitable giving and philanthropy. Welcome, Deborah. Thank you, Wendy. Thank you for inviting me to be part of your Changemaker podcast series. I'm excited to share today. Let's dive right in. Deborah, you've told me that you view stewardship as simply excellent customer service. Please talk about what you have found are the basic building blocks of that excellent customer service in the nonprofit world. Yeah, so customer service is really about building relationships. Building relationships will be the why and the how your organization meets their fundraising goals. I like to think about it as a customer engagement or a customer experience. When you're thinking about your donor development or in fundraising terms, traditional moves management where you're identifying, cultivating, soliciting, and stewarding individuals, it really comes down to an art and science. Kind of the, the art is creating the experience or creating that engagement with your donor, the access, the recognition. That's the art. The science really comes down to the mechanics of how you do that through acknowledgements and stewardship. I know I would really say also part of that customer engagement is really kind of the basic manners that you're taught, respect, be polite, over-deliver, be patient, be friendly, say please and thank you. Those are all really the building blocks of creating that customer experience or engagement. Deborah, will you explain how this plays out when interacting with donors? Yes, absolutely. I like to think of it as donor relations. Donor relations is like a concierge service. You want to be that point person that they go to. You want to be make sure you know who they are. Just and not unlike when you're at a restaurant and you walk in and the host or hostess already knows who you are and knows to get you a table for two. Or the valet knows you when you get out of your car and you don't have to take a ticket. They know who you are. It's really about having those meaningful interactions. Uh, you want to make sure you have staff at every event, that those staff members are at the programs, they're at the committee meetings. You want to make sure if you create opportunities for casual conversations. If there's a board meeting and your development staff really 
are not a part of the board meeting. They can be outside the boardroom or welcoming board members. So they have a natural opportunity to say hello or say, I got your email. I'll respond back to you. I'm also a big believer in ensuring that you have a lookbook when you're at events, that that lookbook contains your board members, your key leaders, your very important donors. And it's not always just about the money. A key leader could be somebody who is essential to in a committee, but they're not, you know, your major donor. If you've seen the movie Devil Wears Prada, there's a scene mm-hmm. where Andy turns to um, Meryl Streep's character and whispers in her ear who is walking in the room and they have binders of people's photos. And I want to, that's really true. It happens in real life. You want to be that person that recognizes the donor before anyone else when they walk in the door. Maybe you're the person that brings them a name tag. They don't have to tell anybody their name. Another great idea is, you know, ensure that all of your leaders always have name tags at every event. If you're doing name tags, even if they're not coming because they may show up and you want to just be prepared to be able to hand you their name tag. And then the other thing I think is really important is to have that handler, somebody who knows that you're walking in the door, who you are, and then maybe will walk you over to the bar or walk you over to the program because maybe you're there waiting for somebody. And I don't want you as the handler to be standing there by yourself, kind of looking around. And it also gives you the organization or the representative, the handler, the opportunity to have that casual conversation and and ultimately develop these relationships. Yeah, that's such good advice, Deborah. It really makes people feel special is really what you're talking about. And I think as we look at this, what do you think the ideal role for board members is? What's their role in development? Absolutely. The ideal role, or rather the most important role, is to help fundraise and friend raise for the nonprofit. Mm -hmm. It's one of the most important board member commitments because board members play multiple roles. They're fundraisers, but they're also fiduciaries, ambassadors, cheerleaders, salesmen, advisors. Mm -hmm. They help create connections and make introductions. They share the impact of the organization within the community, and they rally other board members and constituents. And that's all about the friend raising. And I think you should, the board members should stop and think for a second or remember, if you will, development isn't always about the money. It's also about the relationships, and that is what the friend raising is about. Yeah, I love that. And talking about board members, there's traditionally the three W's that people look at in board service, wealth, wisdom, and work. And you and I have talked about, actually, there's six T's now, and I'd love for you to share what those six T's are. Oh, absolutely. The six T's in giving. It's time, treasure, talent, which are Mm -hmm. traditional ones you hear about, but there's also ties, testimony, and truth. Mm -hmm. So time, of course, reflects the hours you're able to give. Talent is a skill that you have that you can use as part of being a volunteer. Treasure, of course, is your financial contribution. Ties relates to your professional and your social networks, who you know, who you can bring to the organization. Testimony is about your advocacy and your ambassadorship to the organization, talking about it in the community. And truth, the sixth T, is really about kind of living your philanthropic values, living and projecting what the organization means to you. And really, 
I like to think of it as a kind of a work-life balance. There's a charitable giving balance. You balance your philanthropic endeavors at different periods in your life. There may be times where you really don't have the time, but you're happy to make a significant financial gift to the organization. And there may be other times when you really cannot make that leave gift, but you're able to be a consistent and strong volunteer. You're able to make introductions to key people who can make significant contributions. You may just be able to lend your name. And organizations, I try to also let donors know that all these ways of giving are welcomed by organizations and are really essential to the growth of an organization. That's so well put, Deborah. I think that people focus on one or two of those areas, but really all of those really can make a difference in the longevity of an organization and the sustainability. So that's really good advice. One of the things that I'm really passionate about is is gratitude and making people feel appreciated. Can you talk about really the basics of thanking donors and how you can be strategic about that. Sure. Earlier, I mentioned art and science, and this is the part of that is really the science, the acknowledgement and the stewardship of your donors. Typically, they say that every donor should have a minimum of a three thank yous or three acknowledgements. And that really starts with the first could be the receipt of the transaction. Maybe that's the auto receipt online. Maybe that's just the standard receipt that the gift processing department makes. We may have an acknowledgement that builds a relationship that may come from the director of development staff member. It could come from the executive director. And then the third one expresses the gratitude maybe from the campaign chair or the board member. So you can do more than three, but typically you have those three thank yous. And then, of course, you want to be strategic in how you deliver that thank you. You need to know your donor. Are they of a certain generation that goes to their mailbox every day and is going to open the letter? Or maybe they're really a generation that really just communicates with via text, but they don't open their emails. Like we know the Gen Zs and the millennials rarely open emails. I always have to text my son to tell them I have an email. I've sent him an email. So really, um, you might want to also stagger those types of thank yous. So then, of course, you may want to do a formal note that's tight. Maybe the campaign chair will write a personal handwritten note. And if you're going to have these, definitely have templates ready to go, but ensure that they are drafted appropriate for the audience, for the age. Make sure you refresh them on a regular basis and know that the small things matter. Maybe there's something that goes out. We all receive those emails that are personalized, but we know they're generated So then maybe what happens is right when the gift comes in, someone in the organization, be that the director or the head of development, sends a real quick text to the donor saying, we got your gift. This is amazing. You made my day. And then following, you may get a series of the official thank yous. That's a really nice touch. I'd also want to say that you should probably do some sort of acknowledgement, one of the three or a quick touch base within the first 24 to 48 hours. Um, You don't want to go longer than a week because what happens is you're at an event and someone walks in the door. You don't want them to ask you, did you receive my gift? You want to make sure that you're ahead of that. And you also want to know, uh, one point I always like to say, and this is what we always coach our clients here, that anonymous isn't always anonymous. And so um, you want to make sure that you know if your donor is truly anonymous or they want anonymous to them means they want the right people to know, but they don't want the public to know. So maybe they don't want it publicized in a newsletter, but they wouldn't mind you emailing the board. So it's always a good time to ask, actually, you know, ask them as well, because 
they want the affirmation, but they don't want everyone to know that they've made the gift. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, really just showing the gratitude, saying thank you and reporting and delivering on what you said you were going to do. It's so important to ensure that there's transparency around the gifts that were made, regardless if it was made unrestricted or to your greatest need. You must show and illustrate how the money was used, where it was used, regardless of the size or impact. It's essential to really getting that renewed donor or that re- or keeping or the retention is that you're actually showing them that their money was important to the organization and that it was used and that you appreciate it. What do you see as the value in engaging donors in site visits or other opportunities to actually see the impact of their investment. And along with that, if you are going to do that, if an organization chooses to do those kind of things, how can you make those opportunities most meaningful? Sure. A value for sure is a great question. The value in the site visit goes back to the news management or the donor development I mentioned earlier, where you have the opportunity to cultivate and steward your donors. A site visit can thank and acknowledge current donors, showing them how the money has been put to work. It can also help cultivate and build current relationships or new relationships. It may identify new areas and needs for funding or new initiatives. And it gives your constituents, your donors and prospects a kind of greater understanding of your organization's mission and its programs and kind of its impact. Also showing kind of, uh, you may have a, a client or a donor on tour who is funding one area of the organization, but then they see something else and it sparks their interest to come talk to you about another additional gift they can Mm -hmm. make. So really it's a great value. I would say, how can you make these opportunities most meaningful to the organizations? I would say, don't have any anxiety. You know, the organizations and nonprofits, they get, you know, they're, they feel like you're coming to check on them, but actually don't have anxiety. The funder or donor is asking for the site visit because they want to see what you're doing. But I would definitely, as a nonprofit, ask the funder what exactly they're looking to see so that you can ensure they see exactly what they're looking for and what it will make them understand the mission of your organization. I would say to alert your staff and educate them about who is attending. Encourage everybody to be business as usual and to not be uncomfortable and But also know that you may get interrupted. You know, you may be asked to explain what you're doing. So your staff may need to be educated on the purpose and who's going to be there and that it's, you know, you're very important people. You want to make sure that on the site visit, as I mentioned earlier, that you take them to see the one program, but maybe see everything in action. You want to make sure they see everything because sometimes, as I mentioned earlier, a donor or prospect may be coming as a guest or you're stewarding them for a recent gift, but you can show off the whole organization and it may inspire them to give an additional gift or inspire someone they're with. And lastly, as I mentioned for kind of in the customer service concierge vein, you should have a handler. You should have staff members amongst the visitors to answer questions and to be part of the walking or the bus tour. Again, this gives them an opportunity to have customer engagement and do relationship building. And so you're, you're not, you don't just have one leader of the site visit, but you have handlers that are guiding the guests throughout the tour. That's really good advice. And I feel like really what you're saying is helps people connect even more so with the mission and also just feel good because they're building relationships with the people who are bringing the mission to life. So this has been so helpful. And I wanted to just get your any final tips you have on donor retention. 
Absolutely. So I would say, you've heard me say it a couple of times, make sure that there is a concierge service. It really helps to have a person who can be their go-to, that one phone number or email. You want to make sure that that, that concierge service ensures that they feel like a VIP. I think donor development is key to the strength of the organization. You know, that ensures strong stewardship and acknowledgements uh, go out, making sure that art and science is happening. Those are those two points. And lastly, I, I want to ensure for organizations to let them know, like, don't underestimate the need for professional development. And I encourage that at all ages and stages in people's career. It's an essential investment, I think, in your team and regular training for your team members. And then one more thing, part of concierge service is I like to say I never tell somebody no, even if I know the answer is no. I usually say, let me go back and check. Let me see what I can do. It's a softer, more gracious way of saying no. And so those are a few things I think are important. Thank you. That That's such good advice. And, and the professional development part, I think, is really key, especially because things in the world and the world of philanthropy are changing so quickly that the landscape is changing and you need to be up to date. And I, I really appreciate that advice as well. So, Deborah, thank you so much. I really appreciate you being here. It was great info. And we'll look forward to seeing everyone at the next one. Thank you so much for inviting me. I love talking about this stuff. Hopefully you, you can hear that in my voice. And I'm so happy to be a part of it today. Thanks so much.